Hi there, and welcome back to Faith for Finances. My name is Sam Piercy. I am your host, and I am also the founder of Money Minding. This week, we are in the second of a series of four episodes on reframing debt. Specifically this week, we are looking at debt be gone now in Jesus' name. So what is the connection between faith hope and love as it relates to debt, credit, and finding and fulfilling God's plans and purposes for your life. Hope is a confident expectation of something good. So how does that relate and what is the power of that as it connects to dealing with debt? So we're going to dive into that with a positive expectation of being able to triumph by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony as it relates to eradicating and lifting that burden of debt now. As I've been sharing in these series, we are referencing a resource that is available on faithforfinances.com called Make Debt Your Friend. That's actually a little bit controversial, but when you start to understand that how we view debt in the world of credit is a key to rising above the burden. So we're addressing the element to lift the burden so that we can live financially free. So the Make Debt Your Friend resource is available on the episodes section on faithforfinances.com. And it is also part of a bundle of resources that are supporting you in dealing with debt or supporting you in helping other people deal with debt. That bundle is called God's Path to Financial Freedom, Seven Tools to Realizing a Breakthrough, and I'm going to add today, because how you think about this stuff and some of the simple little things that you do will trigger that positive expectation and help you tap into that strength and that power, that supernatural power of the Holy Spirit to be inspiring and to pull you towards the bigger purposes that God has for your life. We want to get above the fear and the doubt to triumph. So let's take a look at where do we start? Have you ever lost money? Have you ever been taken advantage of financially? Or worked and not got paid, made a decision that you later regretted? What happened? Can you look back to how it started? And what happened after that? How did you think about money? How did you think about other people? How did you think about yourself? 
These things, they matter because, as I've said before in Money Minding, and you're going to hear all the time, how you do anything is how you do everything. And the small things repeated consistently produce the biggest results in the shortest amount of time. So our biggest opportunity is to start to realize that every thought needs to come captive to the obedience of Christ. Now, these are new ways of looking at some old tools, which is why I chose to film these four episodes in front of our museum as a reminder that it can be the same tool, a credit card, a loan, a mortgage, maybe even an investment or a line of credit, but how you use it is what makes the difference. And I'm wearing my red jacket today as a reminder that it is the blood of Jesus that confirmed the covenant that God made with our ancestors, a covenant of blessing, the power to produce wealth. And as soon as you recognize that we have that power, that we are to be above and not below, then the sooner you can take those thoughts and start to realize that we have the answers. Now, what are the questions that we need to ask and who are the people that we need to connect to in order to fulfill the results that will lead us to the purpose? If we sink back and let fear and doubt get in the way, then that's where we stay and we open the door. So let's see. It's those tough questions. For yourself, first of all, and for other people. Because if you know somebody that's lost money or come on hard times, what is the tendency? Well, often the tendency is to, okay, I'll pray for you, and that's great. But what about the practical, how much money do you have? Do you have the money to pay for the bills? How are you going to do that? Can we help? You don't have to have the money yourself. But if you can come alongside somebody, you're showing God's love and where two or more are gathered, then you can start to bring the Holy Spirit and the power of two or more to come up with creative solutions. So I'm going to just say that as we're doing this, we're redefining debt so that we can see a new vision. Make debt our slave instead of us being a slave to debt. We need to be bold so we don't fold under credit to live above our means um, and debt free, which doesn't necessarily mean that debt is zero. So the um, things that tend to happen are fraud. Somebody says something, you think it's a great idea, and then it turns out that it's a scam. I have, am one of those people that have had these kinds of experiences and I've walked these paths with other people. If you let that stuff come in to your heart and you hold a, a, a place of bitterness, it's not a good place to make decisions and to be confident and to be bold in dealing with the credit world that we live in. Did you ever do some work and then not get paid? Or you, you poured in some time into something and then kind of got a pat on the back, but really you were expecting something else. See, what are your expectations? They matter. Or how about uh, something where you've discovered that you were wrongfully accused or wrongful reporting to your credit bureau? 
because this series is on debt, it's really, really important that we pay attention to these things. How is the credit bureau impacting your options and your opportunities? Are you afraid to look at your credit or do you assume that your credit is okay when really it's not? I'll share a story in one of the next episodes on how 41 cents came in and cost almost a hundred points on a credit bureau and how it got there in the first place and then what do you do with it? What about purchasing something that you made an investment in? Maybe you even paid for it on a credit card. Have you ever done that? And then it just needed more money and more money and more money. Or maybe you saw somebody purchasing something and then they just kept pouring more money into it. At some point, you want to cut your losses and just move on. I've seen it so often because I came from an investment background where people would make an investment, it would drop in value. Their investment advisor would say, hey, it's okay, it's a long-term investment, it'll come back, bypassing their loss protection strategy. But then instead of wanting to take, or just taking the loss and moving on and continuing to invest, they'd ride it all the way down. And then it's complete open door to fear and doubt. Now you're just holding on to something because you don't want to lose. Nobody wants to lose money. And yet all of us need to recognize that this credit world that we live in is limiting our, our potential if we are subscribing to the worldview strategies, the worldview tools. That's why we want to learn how to use them in different ways in order to get above this whole debt thing. And as I've said before, that doesn't necessarily mean that you don't use the tools of credit, but to reframe how we think about it. So we all have stories. Everybody does. Sharing those stories is how we learn and how we start to ask different questions. Sharing those stories is how we connect and we open up opportunities and possibilities to bring the love of God into certain circumstances. What we don't want to do is assume that what worked a month ago is going to work a month from now. Assume that what somebody else has done is going to be the same for us. Assume that just because the bank says, well, rates are going to go up, so you might want to lock in, that that is the best strategy for you. If you lock in a mortgage, for example, and yet you have an intention to move in a year, you're going to be slapped with fees. You're also, if you lock in and you're maybe growing a business or you're going to go to school or you're going to step out into ministry of some sort or maybe support your kids into a different venture, if you are locked in, you're paying more money to interest and then to principal. And so you lose the flexibility to pursue different opportunities. So let me introduce you to a concept that can make an immediate impact in how you start to tap into the answers that God has for you and then start to ask some different questions. And it's really the power of expectations, that positive hope. And this tool will help if you're just going grocery shopping 
or if you're making a big decision like purchasing a home or making a business decision or even a holiday or renovating it, the idea is written in Habakkuk 2.2 to write the vision to make it plain so that uh, surely a runner will be able to carry it and though it might tarry it will st still come to pass so imagine that you have been you're going grocery shopping and you're hungry you just need to stop and pick up a few things you don't have a list but you go into the grocery store what happens a week later and you look in your fridge or your cupboard everything looks good so the idea is to start to interact with your desires even in the course of day-to-day -day purchases and day-to-day -day transactions because these will start to reframe your thinking and they will build a foundation that you then apply to the bigger issues of a system for dealing with debt a system for dealing with credit in order to make investments and to produce wealth so those questions are what are your expectations for going shopping what are your expectations for listening to this show, for example? What are your expectations for reading a book? What are your expectations for a meeting with the bank or for a meeting with an advisor? What are your expectations for why you're going to clear a few hours and you're going to sit down and deal with your finances? What would you like to accomplish in that process is question number two. And why is that important? What are um, the what are the consequences of not reaching those expectations and then finally does that concern you does that worry you and you start to ask those kinds of questions you're going to connect to God in fresh new ways because you're starting to look at possibilities and why you think a certain way versus where and where those ideas came from you can start with the end in mind and then find the, the questions that will lead you to the answers and stay focused and being intentional instead of whatever looks good at the moment coming your way and somebody saying hey this is the greatest thing since sliced bread and you're gonna make a million bucks or instead of looking at debt and just knowing that you want to make it go away fast and then being missing the opportunities for something that's gonna last forever yes we want now everybody wants now but you want to do it in a way that there's a foundation so let's take a look at the things that we want to increase because God's ways are increasing whereas the world wants to decrease God's ways are for faith the world's ways are for fear and fear will slough out and and cut off the activation of the faith so that then your hope is going to be in really what you can see instead of what you don't see so things you want to increase are your belief your activity towards a worthwhile goal your activity in interacting with your finances the intention of seeking God first in every area of your life specifically in finances because he doesn't live in a box and he does definitely doesn't want us to live in a box and if he gives you a desire then you've got to get away from the tendency to 
filter that through your rational thinking and what you can see and instead go, ooh, Lord, what are you speaking to me about that? And in that way, you're conditioning your thinking to be more intentional. You also want to increase your tracking of your finances and your knowledge of what your financial situation looks like because in that, you are more aware and again, you can see the situation, you can see where you're going and what's important to you, and then again, you start to ask some different questions, you start to make some different decisions. If instead you come at it with, well, I just gotta cut back, I gotta cut back, I gotta get rid of this, and, and you're trying to squeeze, then you miss the opportunity because you're just trying to make it go away, and you're trying to, you're letting fear dictate your decisions. The uh, fifth thing is connecting with others. We get ideas, we get opportunities, we learn lessons, we share stories. That 41 cent credit thing is a story that needs to be told because there are too many people that don't pay any attention to their credit bureau and then something comes up. And there's too many people that, I mean, it's just one of those algorithms that changes on a regular basis. And so we can learn from each other what's working and what didn't work. Different institutions have different ways of calculating it as well. And it's calculated differently in different parts of the world. So we never want to assume that what has worked for somebody else is going to continue to work. So let's take a look at the practical application of activating faith, hope, and love as it relates to lifting the burden of debt. So the first thing we want to do is identify a measurable target and get that in writing. And it doesn't have to be complicated. I've said it before and I'll continue to say it. A pen and a paper is perfect. Don't make it too complicated at the beginning. You want to start like you would be learning math or learning to read and write Dick and Jane and Spot and one plus two equals one plus one equals two. A identify your target. That means what are your current expenses? What are any immediate and outstanding bills? What is the debt outstanding? What are the, the available credit? What available cash do you have? What available investments? What is your known income? You're starting to prepare a financial statement. And there are templates for this in the God's Path bundle, or you can take a look at Budgets Uncorked as a resource to help you gather this information. But you want to gather it in such a way that you now have the facts and you can see where there's a gap. So let me show you of how once you have that information, it can start to trigger some, some new ways of thinking and how in a simplified version, it can help you look forward into where God is leading you and into some ideas that will make an impact now as well as build a foundation for the future. Hi there and welcome to the Money Minding Classroom. My name is Sam and today we are going to look at the basics of creating a cash flow forecast. Now many of us learn to read and write with Dick and Jane and Spot and the one plus one equals two. And so we remember the, the basics because we build on it. We don't stay there, but this is where you start to take something that is by faith 
and turning it into something by sight so that you can make some decisions or looking backwards so that you can then analyze the effectiveness of your income. This skill is something that you'll use for making financial decisions, for analyzing investments, looking at your financial statements for your own business, or perhaps even a personal decision about leaving work or making a larger purchase, renovations, etc., etc. It's not a budget. This is your planned expenditures and your program for financing them. So we start with income. We know there's going to be some expenses and the difference, income minus expenses, equals our net. This bottom category here is called the accumulation, the cumulative impact of the income minus expenses and the net. So in month one, if we say that we start with $1,000 worth of income and there's $1,200 worth of expenses, the net is minus $200. Obviously not sustainable because we would go minus 200, minus 400, minus 600, and eventually we have debt that requires payments and the whole thing becomes a burden as opposed to a blessing. And so what do we do about that? Well, first of all, we, if we try to retract, then we're just trying to squeeze and we miss the opportunity. So if we keep going, our cumulative in month one is minus $200. But let's go to the month two. Month two, we've got an idea and it might be as simple as a lemonade stand. So buying some supplies, printing some posters and just starting. In month two, let's say you earned $1,100, but you had your investment in the supplies and getting started. So that was $1,250. Bucks. So now your expenses are higher, $1,250, but your net is only minus $150. Accumulation of that is you're going backwards. And this is where a lot of people get scared. And that's why this tool is so powerful. So keep going. Month three. Now you've maybe brought somebody on to help you. You've made an initial investment in developing a concept. And so you earn $1,200. Your expenses are $1,220. And now you're only minus 20. Now, you, these are where you start to make some decisions, and once you understand the basics, you can start applying this into a spreadsheet and variables, and it gets very, very powerful to take an idea and turn it into numbers so that you can act on it. So now, in month three, you're minus 370. You're still going in the wrong direction, but that's a really, really powerful number because keep going. We see in month four, with $1,300 worth of income, $1,230 worth of uh, expenses, we're now up $70 and only minus 300. So we've turned a corner. Now, what's important, though, is to keep going because some people will go, yay, I'm fine, but we still have to get rid of this $300. So we keep going. And in month five, we've got $1,400 in income, $1,240 of expenses, plus $160. Yes, we're going in the right direction. And we're only minus $140 in terms of the initial expense. We start to break even and move into the positive zone when we get into month six, where we've got, in this simple example, $1,500 income, 1250 expenses up $250 worth of income and then the positive 110 
And so then you just keep going and going and going and you reinvest and you run that through their earnings allocation strategy and some of these other tools that you will learn with money minding. And so start with the template and make sure you participate in membership so you can ask questions and you can learn. There are tools that will teach you how to expand this thinking. It's not running out. It's a flow. So take care and God bless. So now that you have that spreadsheet, which doesn't have to be a spreadsheet, in fact, I would encourage you to start on a piece of paper and just turn your paper sideways. Then you need a system for analyzing and tracking and managing the flow of money in and out of your life and if you're a couple then this is something that you do together we want to encourage entrepreneurial thinking because that's thinking that expands possibilities and it builds a, a foundation for growth and for multiplication so in business money comes into one primary account and then it gets dispersed to different divisions so first of all to simplify things what's the account that all the money that comes into your household is going to go into and then where are you spending from these things matter as it relates to dealing with debt because it's where you start to have control over the flow of money so if you're going to be buying groceries on a credit card because you get extra cash back that you've then determined is going to get used to support your kids education or pay for some part of a holiday or something special that you want that's a system and it's intentional spending it's also intentionally you're spending on a particular vehicle or which account so that you plan this stuff ahead of time and then when you're standing there making a purchase you already know what you're doing and how much you have and in your mind you could maybe be calculating approximately where what the balance is because being aware of where you stand is a, an important and critical decision and skill to have if you're afraid to know how much money you have or don't have or what available credit you have or what the available debt is that's not a good thing because now fear is dictating your decision-making process so don't ignore any of this stuff just because it causes you anxiety and don't pretend that it's just going to go away on its own that will definitely open the door to make things potentially even worse you've got to be proactive intentional and streamlined God is a God of order and harmony and that is where we triumph by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony in just clearing the decks and starting to simplify and to manage and to have that positive expectation we put God first which means that we expect his promises to be activated in our life. Is everybody going to be a millionaire? Probably not. For in some places around the world, a dollar a day makes a huge difference. What is it that you need is where we start. And then we put that in writing and we start to share that because those are the answers that we're looking for. We give him first place in our life and we start to look at his heart 
for other people, his heart for all mankind, his heart for us as his children. That will ignite faith and confidence and hope and love. Because if we're going to wage war on debt, we have to realize that we have to make friends with our current reality, make friends with the fact that this is what we have, make friends with the world around us, because then we bring God's love into the circumstances. Recognize that fear decisions are going to be anxious decisions, and they're going to open the door for making decisions based on lack, and that financial hope is activated by a positive expectation to realize that worthwhile goal. And that worthwhile goal is some desire that God has placed in your heart. So make sure that you stay tuned for episode three and four in this four-part series on reframing debt. And if you visit faithforfinances.com, there is a promo code for KITV that will enable you to purchase the God's Path to Financial Freedom bundle where the Make Debt Your Friend resource is. And from there, you get a 50% off of an already bundled packaged price. And so uh, we look forward to seeing you next week. Stay tuned as I share in uh, the fourth episode in this series on how $150 can actually help you control a million dollar portfolio. So Lord God, thank you for wisdom, for knowledge, for insight, for blessing. And thank you for the sacrifice that we have in your son, that we triumph over all of this stuff that attempts to steal, kill, and destroy, that you came and shed your blood, that we may live life abundantly. And in your name, Jesus, we pray and we believe. We thank you. Amen.